Did you know that right now there's a group of people running the business of their dreams? They are respected leaders in their field, working with clients they love and serving them profitably. Now, are they famous? Depends on who you ask. They're not signing autographs at the grocery store or taking selfies every five minutes. They're not trying to be everywhere on social media. Yet when they show up at trade events and conferences, they are recognized and sought after. They're the ones everyone else looks up to. They're the next generation of thought leaders in their space. So what's their secret? Well, they've become famously influential to the right people, and so can you. Today, we'll dig into the story of one of these leaders and deconstruct how they became micro-famous. You won't just come away inspired, you'll come away with a new strategy and a new way of thinking. So while your competition is scattered, chaotic, and chasing every shiny object, you can move forward with confidence and clarity. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, agency founder and author of Microfamous. And if you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, let's get started. What is up, everyone? It's Matt Johnson back with another episode of the Microfamous podcast. And we have a very special conversation for anyone that is maxed out or getting close to maxed out on either done for you services, individual coaching, individual consulting, whatever right? If you're getting maxed out or you can see the path quickly to the point where if you had five or 10 new clients show up on your doorstep, it would break your business or you just couldn't take them on, then you don't have a scalable business. And that's what we're talking about. Our guest today, Greg Hickman. Uh, Greg helps agencies, uh, specifically like digital marketing agencies, sales and marketing experts, kind of escape the world of done-for-you custom projects and transition into productized, leveraged services and programs. So basically, taking all all the knowledge that's trapped in your head that you've been using for client work and turning that into a package, a program, a course, a training, something that allows you to build almost a thought leadership type of business out of your skills rather than just being able to offer them as a custom service to clients. So he is the founder of Systemly. He is a fellow podcast host. You can check him out at youtube.com slash Greg Hickman TV and get his content there and keep in touch with him. Uh, So a few of the things that we touched on that I I was really excited about was the hybrid agency. What is that? What does he mean by that? Um, We talked about a little bit about his 90 day and 12 month coaching programs and how to build training in such a way that people need less coaching, right? And we also talked a little bit about his journey to find the one thing that he wants to become known for and how that word, whatever that word you think you want to become known for, make sure that you actually talk to your ideal clients and see if that matches because it may not be the word that you thought it was. So there's a bunch of fun stuff that we talked to, uh, talked it through with Greg on this particular conversation. I'm really excited for you to hear it. It's going to be a special treat if you're in the if you're a sales and marketing expert and you've been doing work for clients, but it also applies just as much if you're a coach or consultant. So without further ado, let's jump in with Greg Hickman. Greg Hickman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Super pumped to talk to you. We've got uh, a lot a lot to jump into, but I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I, I gave people an, a sense of your background, uh, but tell people what, what do you do now? When somebody asks you or you stumble across somebody at an event, what do you tell people that you do? Yeah, we essentially coach and train digital agency owners how to add on more profitable revenue streams to their business like coaching consulting productized services so that they can grow their profits without necessarily working more hours 
Yeah. Love that. So you're, you're on, uh, you're kind of building a, let's say, call it a thought leadership training consultancy business. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally you were, you know, just running a done for you agency service, just like I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're both on that same kind of path. Uh, yeah. and that's what I want to bring out. So, so I don't care. Like if you're in the audience and you're not a digital agency owner, this is not for just agency owners. Just keep that right. in mind. If you're a coach and you're maxed out on one-on-one clients, if you're a consultant you and you've got enough big contracts that you're maxed out, like this applies to anyone and everyone. So that's when I want to just get across real quick because you're talking about you know turning something into like turning your expertise and your knowledge into a scalable package that's delivered differently so let's go through some of the options that you help people build so you've got done yeah. with you and and then maybe a, maybe a course or a program coaching training something like that yeah i mean what we what we essentially teach is what we call the hybrid agency and it's um kind of the three ingredients are are coaching and then training, and then implementation. Uh, So this is why I actually think digital agency owners, and really anyone that is, again, like you said, a service provider that does the work, knows how to execute, um, can really tap into this because you you get a lot of the profitability and scalability, say, of a course, because like a piece of it is training um, on demand, you know, call it information. Um, But you tie that with... uh, layers of implementation, which I think as a, a digital agency owner, you know, there's certain areas within their process where they would likely have to jump in and do something. And I think there's uh, really leveraged ways to do that in that complement training. And then for the, you know, the random one-off customizations, like that's where the coaching consulting element comes in. And when you start to marry that together, you actually can deliver a really amazing experience that, you know, we have some clients that lean more into the implementation element of what we do because they're not as technical, but we have some people that come to us that are okay with technology and like they go through most of our entire experience working together just through the training and getting feedback on the coaching calls. So this is um, kind of where I kind of maybe want to draw a sort of distinction is um, it's not just about packaging up your, your like intellectual property, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, course creators and, and coaches, like you have IP, right? You have a, a process or a framework that um, will help that will allow you to like kind of transfer that knowledge. Uh, while that's important as an agency owner, typically there are some sort of deliverables that end up happening, things that are put into the marketplace, tools, resources that you actually mm-hmm. have given a client. Maybe it's a web page, maybe it's a funnel, maybe whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that while you could teach someone how to do it, you also have a process in, as an agency owner, probably like a process and like, hey, if, if a client has this problem, what are the steps that I take to get them there? Mm-hmm. Um, I keep saying intellectual process. So like, how do we package up not only your, into, your IP, intellectual right. property, but in a sequence of events that actually gets them to a result and the the delivery method uses those three three ingredients. So it's mm-hmm. um, that's why I kind of call it the hybrid because it's kind of the best of all three elements. Um, mm-hmm. You get the speed of result because you are a little bit involved uh, in the implementation piece. So like they get the results faster and more more likely yeah. to succeed because like again, if you're an agency, there's some usually technical things that are happening um, that you can just accelerate through that but mm-hmm. gain way more of the leverage and profitability through those other two ingredients. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think that's the future, at least for digital agencies. I think there's, there's a segment where 
you've got sales and marketing experts that have just been living in the coaching trained like consultancy world that they're they're creeping into the implementation phase because they're realizing that in order to get clients results they either have they have to be they have to step in at those intervals you mentioned mm-hmm. where if if and when they step in they deliver massive value right then you've got agencies coming from the other side where they've been doing all the work and the clients are the ones that just kind of step in at the intervals to kind of rubber stamp things that they're doing and they're figuring mm-hmm. out hey I don't want to do that anymore so it's right. like you see these two d- different groups of people meeting somewhere in the middle and you're yeah. calling it a hybrid agency which I think is right for the agencies getting a little bit out of the implementation. Then you've got the consultants and the, and the teachers who are doing a little bit of the implementation. I, w- I would call them hybrid business models too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we're all Absolutely. figuring out like, look, we want to get people the results. Exactly. And if we can only work with a certain number of people that, that pay, that have, that really have not, not just the financial wherewithal, but the strength of execution, the business model, the, the, the niche that they're in growing at the right rate, like all those other things that determine whether that's worth it for them to pay us a high dollar amount to do a done for you service. Like mm-hmm. you've worked with some really big names and you can reel off and you could name drop a little bit if you want. Um, but you've worked with some big names and, and you know enough about them and their business to know that somebody could come and have a similar product yeah, and there it that it just doesn't it, that doesn't mean they can hire you and get the same results as that big name did right. out of the same exact work that you did right like there's just yeah. there's certain ideal clients that are perfect yeah. and we need we want a way to like make a bigger impact and serve everybody yeah. else right absolutely so I think that's what I think we're both kind of on that um, I think there's a lot of people actually that are looking for that way they're looking for ways to get people results and more profit and more scale yeah, yeah. agreed <laughs> <laughs> amen so, uh, to that yeah exactly. <laughs> Hey everybody, we'll get back to the episode in just a second. But first, with all the inward and outward pressure to be everywhere and be everything to everyone, I wanted to create a space where like-minded thought leaders can support each other and help us all stay focused. So if you're driven to teach, train, and lead, and you want to connect with others who are focused on becoming famously influential to the right people, I'm inviting you to join the MicroFamous community over on Facebook. It's a place for connection and conversation with people just like you who want to attract an audience, build real enduring influence, and become MicroFamous. So if that's you, you're invited. Head on over to microfamousgroup.com to join, and we'll see you in the community. All right. So let's, let's dig in a little bit. I want, I want to pick your brain on, so take me back like a couple of years ago, you're running everything done for you. You're doing like awesome work on automation funnels behind the scenes for the big names. I'm looking at what are the trends that you were seeing that caused yeah. you to go, this is unsustainable. I don't want to just keep doing done for you services forever. Yeah. Um, uh, we hit a point where, um, we kind of plateaued revenue around like 55, 65 K a month. And, um, caveat, I come from like both big agency, like big brands. And then also I've worked in like startup boutique agencies. So mm-hmm. I'm like, was no stranger to agency model, agency growth, etc. So um, when I started my own business and we started, you know, getting these clients and, you know, added a few team members and we kept adding them. Um, and we kind of hit that point and we were stuck around that revenue mark. And it kind of came down to, okay, like in order for us to get to this next kind of threshold, through this next threshold, um, doing it the way we're doing now, I kind of can see the math. It's, you know, for every, you know, 10 or 11 clients, I need this one type of person for every 10 or 11 clients. And there's one type of person. Uh, and <laughs> and as, as soon as you have three or four like, of those groups of 10 clients, you need another person. <laughs> Who yeah, makes more money to manage the people that you just hired. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, 
just when I started running the numbers, I, you know, just quickly kind of had like one of those, you know, flashback moments where I was just in one of those agencies and I was like, well, I left those for a reason and I don't Mm. want, I don't want to create what I just left. Um, while I could, and I think the market still needed us to do that. It just wasn't what I wanted. Uh, and that sort of kind of triggered the thought. And then from there, I basically said, okay, well, like what, uh, let's look at, you know, why we're stuck here. We noticed that a handful of clients that we were dealing with, like we were essentially losing money on a handful of them. Um, but they also took up like 80% of our capacity. <laughs> and that was like, oh crap, like this is, we're spending most of our time on clients that are actually bleeding us dry. Right. Um, which was my fault um, and lesson learned and kind of right. why I decided that's not the model that I wanted to, to deal with. But um, what I just noticed was like, because of our role, so you know, we were building funnels, automation, both sales, marketing, and 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 the fulfillment side, and we never did ads. So like, we weren't like a we weren't like uh, mm. while we were full service in and around automation, we weren't um, we didn't have like a large service menu. Like, I didn't do the ads. Mm-hmm. We weren't driving traffic. Uh, we weren't writing copy. We were giving stra- like strategic direction and like kind of connecting all of the technology that would then kind of power their machine. And because we worked with influencers, that was really never a problem. Like they, they had a copywriter or they wrote their own or they had someone doing ads. Like because of the clientele we were working with, like that actually was never a problem for us. Mm -hmm. What ended up, what I ended up noticing was all of the, the hangups and the holdups in us getting the things live that we wanted to, that we were trying to build for them always came back to something that they had to do yep. and that we were waiting on that we didn't really have control over anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you build out someone's webinar funnel and like, we're just waiting on the email copy. Like, everything <laughs> else is ready. And so what I realized, like we would have been done with the work and like three months comes, goes by and like, we're still waiting for the copy, even though we're right. you know checking in all the time. And I said, wait, our work was done a long time ago. Like I'm still waiting for payment because mm. like, you haven't done your, the job right. that you said you were going to do. And so I was like, all right, well, let's, let's restructure it. And we basically said, Hey, here's what happens. Like when, like we reach this threshold, we're going to hand it over to you and we're going to show you and your team how to put the copy into the place that it's supposed to be. Yep. Um, and that was kind of the first glimpse of like, Oh, like we don't need to do everything for them. Like we could show them how to do a couple pieces that they should probably honestly know a little bit themselves anyway, at least Mm -hmm. internally. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, then like I can actively work with way more clients at any given time than I had thought because, you know, you'd always have that fear of, well, if I add one more client and then those two clients come back with the thing, then like we don't have the capacity. Like, and I know tons of agency owners will understand that, that feeling. Um, but when we kind of put some of that that responsibility back on their plate and just said, "Hey, this is how we work," uh, most of them pretty much most of them didn't have a problem with it. They thought mm-hmm. that made sense, which allowed us to close contracts faster, um, yep. add more clients more frequently, and we like that was kind of the the progression. And then when I realized, oh well, eighty eighty percent of the time we're really only building like one of these three things, mm-hmm. like this is why they came to us. Um, we just packaged those up and pre-built a lot of that stuff 
internally. And then as, you know, capabilities became more advanced, like I could just, you know, click, copy, paste Mm -hmm. the entire system into their business very quickly. And then Mm -hmm. we were done. So uh, at that point, I was like, oh, well, I can just have training videos that and give people the the links to import all of the the tools and the automations and the scripts that they need. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be available to them to answer any customization questions. But like outside of that, it's on them to complete the setup. Like it, it works. It just doesn't have copy in it. So like here it is. If it stops working all of a sudden, you broke it. Um, we'll fix it. But mm-hmm. like, here's how you go do the last two or three steps to make it done. Right. And that's just kind of like, we just kind of kept seeing that we didn't need to wait around for this or that or the other thing. And then when we did, usually they came back and they're like, we had one client that it was the last time it was our last done for you client. They okay. came in, they paid in full for a webinar funnel, um, waiting on the copy. They just kept pushing it off. They're like, Hey, like we got other things going on. We're, we're rebranding all this stuff. A year later, they came back literally a year later had already been paid for. And they're like, you know what? We don't want a webinar funnel anymore. And I was like, that sucks. Like, like <laughs> okay. that's what you wanted for. And that's what we already built for you. Mm-hmm. And you, we've just been waiting on copy and you took a year to get it to us. So like, yeah. we can, we can do another engagement. And that was just kind of like the nail in the coffin for me. I'm like, I'm like, this is exactly why we don't let people, you know, you know, wait that long on some of these things yeah. and why we shouldn't allow them to. So mm-hmm. we just kind of set better standards and expectations for the client as to like, Hey, here's your responsibility. Here's right. ours. And once we started doing that enough times, I realized that we didn't really have to do the done for you in kind of the traditional back and forth. Like, let me wait mm-hmm. for this thing. And then I'll build this thing because the work that we did was done before they got there. Yeah. So yeah. Like why even do it that way? So it, it just, and, and honestly, I, I see so many agencies and service providers where the exact same situation applies. It's yeah. just they're used to the old way of doing it. And that's why they're stuck. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. I, like I see it because I, I, like I run in, I've got friends in the agency world. I have one foot there, but then I'm more in like the business coachy consulting world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the belief, and I think it's an old belief that needs to change, uh, is that the best coaching is 100% custom coaching. And I, I don't believe that's true. In fact, I think it's harder yeah. to sell coaching that doesn't give them a defined point A to point B. And once you start bringing many, like once you start taking multiple, multiple people through that same journey to get from them from one point to another point, yeah. you're going to naturally develop a roadmap. And that roadmap is going to apply to 80% of your future clients. Yeah. One thing that I I reserve the right to take this back, (laughs) Um, but as of right now, I am kind of in the belief and, and mindset of if your training is good enough, AKA your frameworks, your process, the resources that you give them to execute on the thing that you're showing them how to do, you don't need to coach them. Mm. Like, like, and that's like when, when we create training for our clients and like we're going through a whole, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. we're going through a rebrand. And as a part of that, like I'm recreating a lot of our training because like we've learned how to make it better. And I mean, we have so many clients that come through and never need to come on the coaching calls because they, the training solves the problem. Mm-hmm. And 
when you start to see that and you're like, well, okay, well, like, let me look at why people are coming to the calls or what people are asking about. Mm-hmm. It almost has nothing to do with the, the task at hand, which is what they've learned in the training, AKA mm-hmm. course or whatever. Um, and so I truly believe that in order to get your clients to results, like your trainings should be so good, they don't need you. And yeah. that's how I'm trying to, to, to create it. Not that I don't want them to need me or want me and that mm-hmm. we're not going to be there or available to them. We are because there's you know, mindset issues of um, you know, strategic questions. And I think that don't necessarily always come up in the training. And that, that's, those are things that where I think the coaching actually makes sense. But like, I don't want to coach you on something that my 12 minute long training with a worksheet actually will do a better job of if you had just done the work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, <laughs> yeah. uh, like kind of next evolution of like coaching and training is, is going is like the, the coach is there for, in a lot of ways, like the, the subtleties and, you know, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies of that person's business and, or their current situation in that right. moment while they're applying the thing that they learned. Um, 100% agree. But yeah, if that changes, like I said, I reserve the right to take, take that statement back. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, th- I think it's true okay. for, for a certain segment of the people that you sell to. The question is, because I was thinking about this the other day, you're just reading back through some of the stuff on the five levels of awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think if you sell too much... That's so much, funny. I was literally just going through Eugene Schwartz were you really? market levels of sophistication. I literally sent a message to my team about it right before I hopped on here. No so way. So funny. That's I funny. I <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Very small world. Yeah. Um, but, but if you think about the people that are... The difference between people that are problem aware and solution aware, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. Now, we're not talking about 100 years ago where it was hard to find the information. Right. So the difference now between people that are only aware of the problem and they're not aware of the solution, I think is a bigger jump than it used to be because it basically means they haven't done as much as a Google search or... Or, or look through some podcasts or look through, through some YouTube videos to find yeah. out what the solution is. So for example, they have a problem growing their business. Mm. They're aware of the problem, but they haven't decided, oh, I, there's business coaching for this. I need a business coach. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're, they're a problem aware, but they're not solution aware. I think when you sell more to people that are aware of the problem, but they haven't done as much research to even find out that there is a solution like yours that even exists, mm-hmm. and you start selling into that market, I think those are the people that are less likely to take action once they get into totally. a training. Because they yeah. weren't even aware enough to just to, to do their homework enough to know that your solution exists. Yeah. And I think, and this is kind of why I was going back into the book um, to kind of decipher this, which I haven't gotten the answer yet, but like what that whole notion of problem aware, which I think is interesting is I think a lot of these people that you would call or put in the bucket of problem aware, um, I actually believe that they don't they know they have a problem, but they don't know what the actual problem is. They're just in like the stage of feeling the pain and experiencing the symptoms of the problem. And in many times they haven't even identified what the actual problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I forget. That's why I was jumping back. And I was like, was that a different level? But either way, I think mm-hmm. that's like, again, it's harder to yeah, sell. It's either level four or five. I can't remember which one it is. It's the, it's, yeah. the, the, it's either the bottom rung on the ladder or the one right above it. And I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know which would fit in his yeah. world either, but, but yeah, yeah all, all of those make, obviously make it, make yeah. it more of a challenge. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
It's so funny that we're thinking about the same things. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's shift gears a little bit. And then first of all, before we do, because I've got maybe one or two final questions and then we got to wrap up yeah. quickly. Uh, what's the best place for people to keep track of you? Because you're going through a big rebrand as I am. Uh, what's the yeah. best in one central place that won't change? Yeah, I would say um, find me on YouTube, my channel at youtube.com forward slash Greg Hickman TV, all one word. Um, we do one to two videos a week. Um, a lot of free training cool stuff that we're doing there. So that, that won't change. So I would say go there, you'll get a, a big education for free. Uh, and through those videos, you'll know where to go next if you, we were to work together. Yeah. And they're phenomenal, by the way. I love Thank the style. You. Like I, that's something I've been thinking about doing myself is taking the videos and stuff like that and putting it into a little, a, a packaged uh, video format like that. So I love that. Absolutely. Um, when you go to the YouTube channel, the first thing you see is the word scalable. So here's my question for you. Is that the one word you want to be known for? And are you in the middle of deciding what that is? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> uh, and actually, as a part of all of the stuff that uh, we've been doing, I haven't actually even thought about that question. Um, so I'm glad you asked. Um, I, I have a love and hate relationship with the word scale. Um, hence, and why the podcast and the, sh and the channel is all about, is called Scalable. Um, mm -hmm emphasis on the a bull part. Um, mm -hmm. Because I mean, right now, I, I do feel like a lot of people use the word scale as if it's a destination. Um, mm. But like, to me, it's like, scale is like the ability to increase, like based like instant, like on demand increase based on client demand. Like, like if 20, yeah. 30 clients come to you, like you can take them on and like the mm -hmm. business doesn't break. Um, I think more and more as I like, dive into, you know, the work that we do with our clients. Um, I think they care less and less about that word. So like, I'm, I guess right now I'm not, I'm not as tied to it as I originally was. Um, the podcast will, will be renamed. Um, oh, yeah. nice. but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what one word I want to like own or be known for just yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, but yeah the, the, I'll, I'll always use scalable um, as like an emphasis on certain things. But yeah, the show is going to be renamed. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. very, very much like I, I stumbled across it. My, my word is micro famous. So everything is getting rebranded around that. Mm. And the book, uh, the book micro famous comes out in December. So we're about, like you know, four to six weeks out or whatever that is. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's uh, like, I had one of my clients had to point it out because that word was in the tagline of the book I was writing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, what about like, what about, what about that right there? Like what's, what's, you know, yeah. micro famous. Well, <laughs> like, why is that not the title of the book? And then I'm like, it totally should be. And then yeah. it should also be the brand of the podcast. And I should probably rebrand my entire company around like, Oh, for God's sake. So now yeah. I'm going through a rebrand. Uh, so yeah, it's one of those things where it takes time. Um, and it's interesting when you, when you start talking to your clients and you realize that they care about different things than you thought they cared about. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with my other close buddies as well. And, um, it was literally about this whole notion of, of scale. And he was saying, he's like, yeah, he's like, I kind of pulled my, my audience and my, my clients and they're like, they, 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 they care where they care <laughs> way more about their freedom and the ability to like step out of their business for even up to a month where it continues to grow without them more than say like hitting seven figures. Yep. You know, yeah, and so yeah, like we're in an scale, interesting time. Yeah, so like yeah. scale to them is like 
I can take a month long vacation. My, my business is sustains and or even grows while I'm gone. And I think I actually then asked my audience the same question and very similar, similar results. We have similar audiences, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so I just, yeah, I don't, uh, that's why I'm, I guess I'm not super tied to that word. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, okay. So everybody should go to the YouTube channel. They should check it out because I like I've dipped in. I've watched some of the videos. They're awesome. People should check it out. Very very similar point of view, and you've got some really great. Like you're a, a total systems guy. I'm yeah. a total systems guy. So I'm like I'm like a systems nerd. So yeah. if anybody wants to get into like how to productize, systematize the business, which it really is that first step. Like if you don't have your IP together. Yep. That's the first step. Start systematizing, start documenting, at least get that much down. Cause then that opens up this whole world of options that you're talking about. Like to me, that's the first step. Uh, and you mentioned that you've got a 90 day group coaching program. You've got a 12 month program. So I'm, I'm sure some of that's going to be on like the new rebranded site and stuff like that, yeah, but yeah. people should just get into your world, get connected with the YouTube channel, and then they can, they'll, they'll hear about that stuff. Right? Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Greg, it's been a pleasure. Super fun conversation. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's fun. Thanks for listening to the Micro Famous Podcast. If you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, connect with us at getmicrofamous.com. It's the best way to take the next step to implementing the Micro Famous strategy in your business so you can attract an audience, build influence, and become the Micro Famous leader you're meant to be. And we'll see you on the next episode.